From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Dr. Ian Gonsenhauser, Chief Quality and Patient Safety Officer for the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center, has been dealing extensively with the coronavirus outbreak. Welcome to Craft, Dr. Gonsenhauser. Doug, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here to answer questions. So what is the latest news on this virus that seems to be changing every day? Yeah, the, the news really changes on a day-to-day basis, even an hour-to-hour basis. I mean, we are constantly uh, keeping tabs on what's coming from the state level as well as just federally what's changing. You know, the biggest news is the dramatic increase in the number of cases, which we've expected. There's nothing that's really jumping out and shocking us at this point. Uh, but certainly just keeping an eye on that rapid rise and and really paying close attention to see if the measures that we're taking right now are going to have that impact of flattening the curve. We've recently gone into, as of yesterday, the um, stay-at-home order. I think that these things lag by a week or two before you start seeing an impact on it. Is that what you're looking for in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really important for everybody listening and everybody that's a part of this to keep in mind that there's a lag in testing results as they come back from the external agencies that we use, the, the labs that we use to, to send these tests and get the results back from. They are so swamped with these tests that they're running you know, five to seven days behind. So this week, we're gonna start getting the results from all the testing that we did last week. You know, While we just are starting the stay-at-home order now, right after we've started that, we're gonna probably see a big bump in cases. It doesn't mean that stay-at-home is not working. It's really just that lag of testing that's now uh, correlating with with the stay-at-home order at the same time. Okay. You know, one of my friends is in the medical profession. How concerned are the people in the medical profession about themselves? They always seem very selfless to me, and you're on the front lines. What sort of worries have you heard? Yeah, I think we do a good job of internalizing and keeping private um, just how anxious we all are. Certainly everybody that's working at the front line, the, the nurses, the physicians, the other providers and pharmacists, etc., they're all worried, right? They're all concerned about their own exposure. Now, they're paying attention to a lot of the data and a lot of the literature that's coming out of other countries that are a bit further along in this than we are. And what we're finding is that the measures to keep healthcare workers protected seem to be working. We don't see a very high proportion of healthcare workers that are actually becoming uh, affected or infected by the virus. And so that's really promising, but it doesn't take away the concern. You mentioned the testing. How does it look for the availability of testing in the state of Ohio or in Columbus? Uh, Are there more kits coming in? Yeah, I think in the face of uh, national testing shortages and really lack of of support or help um, that has made a a big impact from, from the federal government, Um, We have kind of taken matters into our own hands. We're really lucky here in central Ohio to have such a powerhouse of an organization uh, uh, as Ohio State University. Um, There are so many resources, so many talents, um, so much intellect in this organization that we've managed to figure out how to manufacture our own test kits. Oh, wow. We have availability to test as we need to now. And, And the state of Ohio is actually in pretty good shape when it comes to testing availability because of similar efforts at the Cleveland Clinic as well as University of Cincinnati. 
Well, that's great news. I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that. I know early there was some advice about not using ibuprofen, for example, and then that seemed to change. And then a nurse friend of mine said, no, go back to acetaminophen. If you have any symptoms, don't use ibuprofen. How is that being handled? Uh, and are there other things like that? Yeah, so the, the ibuprofen issue came up from uh, a single study that was an observational paper um, that was posted and published in The Lancet, I believe, um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a French uh, physician or lab that published that there may be some interaction of an enzyme uh, in, in our body that's impacted by uh, ibuprofen that could potentially make the viral syndrome associated with COVID-19 worse. That has since been retracted. Uh, the World Health Organization and the CDC made initial statements based on the publication of that paper, but they've retracted those statements as well. So. As of right now, there's no indication that ibuprofen is unsafe uh, when it comes to COVID-19. Dr. Ian Gonsenhauser, I thank you very much for talking to me today. Thanks so much for having me. I always enjoy the show. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. And don't forget to donate at wcbe.org during the fun drive. <laughs>